now we're going to transition into something just as exciting. We're going to talk about election reform, but we've got some great people on the line here to talk about this. We've got Shay Sigert. Uh, he is on the Ballot 2 initiative, and it is Alaskans for a Better Election. And Shay, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss this topic. I know that it may seem foreign to a lot of people, but this is going to be coming up here at the next election, and it's quite a big deal. So thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me on today, Austin. So a lot of people, these ballot measures, they seem pretty like, you know, they seem sort of uh, shrouded or maybe they don't know exactly what it is. There's a few that are big on there this year, but this one, the Alaskans for a Better Election, is a ballot initiative that's looking to reform the way we do elections. And do you want to just take a quick second and explain what it is that um, Alaskans for a Better Elections is doing and what the initiative is about? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Austin, for the opportunity, and, and thank you to everyone listening in today. Um, we, I am the campaign manager uh, supporting that of the campaign that is supporting ballot measure two, which will show up on the November third general election this year. So we're coming up on it quick. And um, what the Yes on Two for Better Elections campaign is is a group of Alaskans. Um, that were really aimed at the polarity in politics, the gridlock, the fact of, the fact that it seems like our state government um, can't see our, our elected officials more like it um, can't seem to put down partisanship. Now we have some really good ones, but we need to have a system that is truly representative of the voters. Um, and that really returns the voice, choice, and power back to the Alaska voters. And so how we're doing that and what Ballot Measure 2 does is, first, it does away with the closed partisan primary. Right now, if you're an Alaska voter and you choose not to register as either a Republican or a Democrat, then you get lumped in, either lumped into one voting on one primary ballot with half the candidates or lumped into the other, or you choose between the two. But at the end of the day, under our current system, you don't get to see all of the candidates on the primary ballot. And for over 63% of our um, registered voters in the state of Alaska who choose not to register as either Republican or Democrat, this is a huge problem. Um, so a majority of our voters are, are being disenfranchised by our current system, and our current system is driving partisanship through this closed primary. So that's the first thing it does. The second thing it does is this really great <clears throat> electoral um, reform that is called ranked choice voting. It institutes ranked choice voting in the general election. So after your open nonpartisan primary with all of the candidates on the ballot, regardless of partisanship, all of the voters get the same ballot in the primary. After those votes are tallied, you take the top four vote getters, no ranking, top four vote getters move on to the general election. Now in the general election, we're instituting ranked choice voting, which means what you'll do instead of just voting for one candidate, you rank candidates in order of preference. So first being the best, fourth being the worst, first, second, third, fourth. 
And what this provides is an ability for voters <clears throat> to go and mark their preferences on the candidates if their first choice loses. And so what this means in practice is, is let's say you go in to vote at the election and there are four candidates and you put candidate A as your first choice. And let's say none of the candidates on the general election get 50% support, meaning no candidate got 50% support from the voters voting in that election, then the candidate with the least amount of first place votes, their votes go to their voters' next preferred choice. So if you voted for candidate A first and candidate A got the least amount of first place votes and no one reached a 50% threshold, then your vote would go to your next preferred choice. And what this gives us is a system by which people are elected with a true majority of votes and voters, and it makes candidates campaign to everyone in their district and not just the folks that have the same party letter next to their name as they do. Finally, what it does is shines a light on dark money. This is something we're really aimed at, is that right now millions of dollars can come in and be spent to influence our votes. And this million, these millions of dollars, we have no way of knowing where this money is coming from. And since just 2014, over $16 million have been spent um, influencing our votes without our ability to know where this comes from. So under ballot measure two, what would happen is we would tell you exactly. It would be the responsibility of the campaign accepting those funds to disclose exactly where those funds came from. If you didn't earn or inherit those funds, then we want to know who did. And so what it does is puts Alaska at the top of um, the nation in terms of financial disclosure and strengthening our financial disclosure regulations. And so through these three reforms <clears throat> in ballot measure two, what you get with your votes is more choice, more power, and more voice at the end of the day. And it returns back the ability to truly be, for Alaska voters to truly be the loudest voice at the table. Okay, so that's obviously a mouthful. So just a quick little breakdown. It's going to change the way we vote for our candidates. It will change the way we choose who we will vote for, and it will tr change the way we track money inside of the elections, a little bit more transparency in where the money is coming from. Is that kind of a good way of breaking it down in 10 seconds? Yeah, it won't really change the way we um, – I would say it, it – it, we, it won't change the way candidates, um, we choose our candidates. It'll just have us rank our preferences, give us the opportunity to have that say. But, yeah, I think, I think that description is pretty, pretty solid. Okay. And, you know, as, as I, interesting as this is, in a class that I took in university, um, we actually learned about the many different ways that you can count ballots in elections. And I think so many people are acquainted with a, uh, a yes-no, and you just tally the votes, and whoever gets the most is the winner. And you have things like this, like with the rank filing, and then uh, first past the post, and other methods that really change the way that you can 
uh, look at fairness in the election. So it is kind of, it may seem strange for people to see this, but I actually had some first-hand experience at university learning about that. And it really opened my eyes to the reality that there are multiple ways to count ballots. And there's multiple ways to look at who got the most preference. And, uh, and I'm sure you're running into a lot of issues with people just not being familiar with that concept. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that um, we're finding is that as we do these radio shows, you know, we've been doing about two a day since whew, two or three months ago. Um, as, we're, as we're talking about these issues, people are looking um, at, their, at the current system we have and saying, well, right now, I either get what I want or I get the complete opposite. And that's driving, and they see, you know, that's driving divisiveness in our country and driving gridlock. And they see ranked choice voting as a way to break that divisiveness as well as have better and more choices at the end of the day on the general election. So are, are you an Alaskan yourself? Is this done by Alaskans for Alaskans? Yeah, I live in Anchorage. Um, I'll also say we have the endorsement of um, Werner Wilson from Dillingham, Mayor Dushkin of Atka, um, Mayor O'Hara, and um, Speaker Edgman right now as well, as well as a network of over 40,000 Alaskans from all over the state who um, signed our petition in favor of putting this on the ballot. So there's a lot to say about the background of Yes on 2. Um, the big push here, of course, is that it, it allows for this ranked choice and it has an open primary. And I think that this could ruffle a lot of feathers. I would ask first, though, before even diving into some of the weeds of this, is this happening anywhere else? Would this be Alaska first doing something or is this happening anywhere else? And what kind of repercussions are they seeing for, if there is a place that's already doing this? Yeah, so we haven't seen a state um, put in open primaries with ranked choice voting. But what we have seen are states that have done open primaries. Open primaries, for instance, um, in, a, in research has said that it can result in a 6% bump in turnout. Ranked choice voting is currently used in the state of Maine and um, 22 other cities across the United States. Um, what they've seen in Maine is that people far and wide absolutely love it. Special interests and, and party bosses have tried to come in and repeal it from Maine actually three times now and have failed um, in repealing it many, many times because the people at the end of the day say, you know, this is the best way to vote. This is a way that we make sure and ensure that um, at the end of the day, we have candidates and elected officials who have a majority of support in their district from their voters and are elected with a majority of support. Because right now, like you said, you know, people can win with 37.8% of the vote. That's how many, um, that's the percentage by which one of our former governors won by. We've only had five governors get a true majority of support being over 50% in our state's history. And so what we see is that when you have people who are elected by a true majority of their district, they represent and campaign to a true majority of their district. And so you get real solutions that are really driven by 
the people and for the people, and you get elected officials more accountable to the people. So there's there's a lot that I'd love to ask you about this, and I know we don't have forever to do yeah. it, but like so many questions are coming to my mind. I'm going to tell myself a little bit politically. I, I usually keep my politics to myself, but I am a independent moderate. And so for someone like me who can really swing on either side of the aisle and isn't really thrilled with the way that par- politics becomes so partisan, this has a lot of appeal. But what about someone who is just a steadfast Democrat or a steadfast Republican, and they want to see an R or a D on every single opportunity for them, and that's just the way that they like it? Um, what would you do to convince someone that, hey, this is still fair? Because it, there could be an opportunity for, say, two Democrats to come up if they win the open primary, correct, or two Republicans on the other side. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good question. You know, the thing is, is that this um, this ballot measure. I'm I'm a registered nonpartisan as well. Um, and and the thing is, is that the at, at the end of the day, we're all Alaskans. We're all Americans. Um, we are, we're all wearing the same jersey, and we're trying to see um, good things happen for our state and our people. Um, but what we're seeing right now is that people on both sides are really quite angry about the current system. Right now, people on both sides see um, their party bosses making decisions for them or uh, never consulting them before making decisions or um, not in- acting in the best interest of their, of their, um, of their needs and issues. Uh, the thing is, is that parties can still endorse a candidate. Parties have um, free speech and people have a right to assemble. What parties don't have the ability to do and what they don't have a right to is being gatekeepers to the ballots. And what I mean by that is playing is they don't have a right to be able to play political games and they don't have a right to... Um, switch in people for different candidates for different candidates based on their electability. And so what we're saying is, is that at the end of the day, Alaskans should be the ones choosing. And what we're finding is, is that a majority of both sides, every demographic, every party, every creed, credence, everything really want to see a change and they want to see uh, a solution like ballot measure two. Okay. So, these open primaries and and what could allow and it allows for an opportunity and I think one of the concerns I've always had and you and just to get a little bit into some strange ideas but the parliamentary system of government that we don't have here but is used in many other places across the world allows for third parties to rise up and get a little bit of uh, power because they have to uh, create coalitions. Now, that doesn't happen here in America, and we don't see an opportunity for third parties to really get any foothold because it's so established and so dominated by the two-party system. Do you see this as an ability for people who support third parties to possibly see candidates get a better opportunity at some exposure or even some ability to uh, govern? Absolutely, and you don't have to just take my word for it. Both uh, both the Libertarian Party of Alaska and the Green Party of Alaska have endorsed a yes vote on ballot measure two on November 3rd. You know, what we're trying to do is, is say that you cannot put Alaska voters into two pots and think that that is going to be satisfactory. Um, 
you know, people, people sometimes don't agree with what their uh, party is saying, and we're Alaskans. At the end of the day, we're some of the most independent people in, in the United States, and so we should have an electoral system that embraces that independence instead of disenfranchising it. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the reasons why you see this as a system with merit. Now, there are going to be – I raised one concern, and that was the idea that you could have, you know, two candidates from a single party coming in here. Um, And now, would it allow for outside money to come into the elections, and they would just have to be reported, or is this going to prevent um, special interests? What would that be specifically for that third piece? Would it allow for money to come in from the outside or would it cut that off or would they just have to announce, hey, you're getting, I'm getting money from, you know, Soros or the Koch brothers or fill in the blank? Right, right. So we are, um, due to a Supreme Court uh, decision called Citizens United, which happened around 10 years ago, um, we, under the First uh, Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, cannot limit political contributions. We cannot. It is unconstitutional um, based on the Supreme Court hearing. But what, that, what the majority opinion said um, that was written by um, Justice Anthony Kennedy, what it said in that Citizens United case was, this is all going to be okay because of the fact that um, states... Uh, disclosure laws are run by them, and disclosure laws will be the disinfectant. They'll catch up. And it's been 10 years, and our disclosure laws haven't caught up. And so what we're simply trying to do is say, no, we can't limit these uh, contributions from coming in, but what we can do is make sure at the end of the day that Alaskans know exactly who is spending um, to influence their votes. And so to answer your question, yes, the campaign would be required to disclose um, if, so let's say Apple Pie for America, a big super PAC in the lower 48 gives $100,000 to an independent expenditure group campaign in Alaska. And that term I used, independent expenditure group, that's the shadow campaign that follows um, candidates around to either support or oppose them. They get funding in the millions, hundreds of thousands. And so going back to our scenario here, Apple Pie for America is a super PAC. And right now, all that's disclosed when they donate in Alaska is Apple Pie for America. Well, that tells us nothing about who funded um, that super PAC. And so what we're saying is, is if you spend in our our Alaska elections to influence our votes, we need to know who, where that money is coming from because you simply got it donated to you. We need to know the true source. So that seems like, a, I think for a lot of people, that one seems like kind of like a common sense type um, operation right there and doesn't seem to hurt anyone uh, to have that knowledge. So I, I, not not the most controversial of these three main reforms, but I think the number one criticism I've heard about Ballot Initiative 2, and I I say this not to be um, critical, but to make to see what your, your perspective on this is, I've heard that perhaps the the eyes were bigger than the stomach on this one. And so you have huge reforms underneath one ballot and that that's kind of an issue because it's addressing three different things 
underneath one yes or no vote. Do you see – what if this got elected as a yes? Would this go immediately to court and you guys have to fight it out with the uh, parties and they would use that against the initiative? No, that's a, that's a great question. It would not. Um, the reason being is that, you know, uh, the, the governor decided to try and keep us off of the ballot. And so we actually went to Supreme Court earlier this year, and in a unanimous decision, the Alaska Supreme Court said this, is, this absolutely is on a single subject elections. All of the reforms fall within Title 15 of the Alaska statute books, which is the elections title, and they all work together. And the thing that I've been saying is, you know, if, if you have three holes in your boat, you're not just going to fix one of them. You're going to fix all three or else your boat's going to sink. Well, right now, we have some real issues in our electoral system, and they're not going to just be solved by one thing. And so what we did was brought together the best electoral system we could and put it in front of Alaska voters and we're getting absolutely an outpouring of support. It's it's quite amazing because you know people see they look at our current the way our current government is and how they feel after their vote after they vote and they don't feel that that their vote counts um, or they feel like you and I do when we go vote in the primary where we're try we you know registered to be nonpartisan we registered as something either or something other than either republican or democrat along with 63% of Alaska's registered voters but yet when we go to vote in a state primary the state turns around and says I know you didn't register as Republican or Democrat, but today you have to be because we need to give you one or the other ballot. Why would we keep candidates away from voters? We need just a single ballot um, in the primary with all of the candidates, regardless of partisanship, open to all the voters, regardless of partisanship. Interesting. So this will stand in court. You guys already sold that beforehand. So whatever happens here in November is going to be uh, settled and it won't have to go through any future litigation. Right. Well, uh, that that is a good tidbit of information that I did not have on my hands already. So I appreciate that. Um, Well, thank you for asking the question. Yeah, of course. Man, uh, we appreciate people coming on here, utilizing the public resource of radio, sharing their thoughts, uh, either, you know, wherever the, they fall on the spectrum, whatever um, they're trying to say, this is an re- opportunity for you to get your message across, and we're thankful that you came on today. Um, you know, I've covered all the questions that I had, but I want to give you one last opportunity to share any final thoughts to the people who are listening and just say what it is that you want people to know going into the final days of the election season. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Austin. And I just want to say, I, I really appreciate you bringing me on today. Um, it's, it's a busy time for you, I know, and I, I just really appreciate it. But one thing I want to um, put on people's calendars is tomorrow at 3 p.m. we're going to be releasing um, our Coalition of Alaska Natives for Better Elections. And we're going to be having a virtual hangout over Zoom. We wish we could be in person, but, you know, with all of the things going on, it's just, it's just not safe right now. 
And so we're going to be doing it over Zoom on our Facebook page, which is alaskansforbetterelections.com. And we're going to have an Alaska Native virtual hangout at 3 p.m. tomorrow um, afternoon at Alaskans for Better Elections um, Facebook page. And then if you need any information uh, regarding the campaign, what it's about, what we're aimed at, um, you can find that information on alaskansforbetterelections.com. And, you know, what I like to end with is, is if you see, if you um, see problems in our, in our government, if you feel problems about our current election system, if you feel like your vote doesn't count, these are all arguments for ballot measure two. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what this ballot measure does is make sure that we as Alaskans put down partisanship and solve the big problems at hand and that we as Alaskans have the loudest voice when we are electing our representatives, our senators, so on and so forth. And so if you are in favor of having more voice, more choice, and more power in your vote, then vote yes on ballot measure two on November 3rd or right now if you're voting by absentee. And thank you again, Austin, for having us on today. Yeah, thank you, Shay, for coming on. Shay here is talking about Vote for Two. He's supportive of Ballot Initiative 2. That will be on the main election here in November. So check this back online or go search the topic if you don't know more. Get yourself informed before you walk into the ballot box.